We've got in the time machine and we've gone back in time to 1999. Little Red Corvette. Of all the the Prince songs I could have sung for 1999, I picked Little Red Corvette. I don't think I've ever heard a Prince album, I'll say, all the way through. I've heard a few of his songs. Really? Really? Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple, Purple Rain is one of the best albums ever made. I've heard that song. Well, I've heard that chorus in that song. He just sings that over and over again. It's a bit boring. Oh, listen to that album, honestly. Meh. One of the best albums ever. Colin, do you confer? Concur. 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 <laughs> um, if he says no, if he says no, it's not top Mm, I was going to say five, maybe five's a bit. Whoa, top definitely five. Top ten, definitely top ten album, without a doubt. And if he doesn't concur, he is a twonk. And you won't eat the crisps he sends up to Liverpool for you ever again. Oh, yeah, thanks for the crisps, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> they were disappointing, though. Oh. Wasn't happy. They were not the flavour I remembered. I think everything's been dialed back, or... We've all got coronavirus and none of us can taste football. As soon as Brannigan's came up, flashbacks, obviously it's been years since I tried them, but I remember eating them beef and mustard. And every crisp I ate beef and mustard, the tingly, the burning sensation of the the hairs getting burnt Mm. up your nose. Like that. None none of that. None of that. Disappointed. We're doing the next round on Thursday. Depending on when this comes out. It might be yesterday, or it might be tomorrow. Whoa! Christmas, Christmas. I'm a bit disappointed, Colin, never put my choice in. Which one? My cheese and onion Ringos. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a bacon head crisp. Come on, cheese and onion Ringos, they were amazing. 10p. <laughs> 10p in the 50p shop, yeah. six packs for a 50p. Come on. Sorry. Stop trying to plug your programme and get on with our fussy one. <laughs> so, we're in the year 99-2000. We all thought the aeroplanes were going to drop out the sky. We all thought the world was going to end. We had the Millennium Bug. We had the Millennium Dome. We had Robbie Williams singing Millennium. What did you do, Mr Miller, on the Millennium Eve? Uh, we had a party at my mum and dad's house. Oh. And all I can remember was on the bells, we went outside, and there was all, like you say, there was all, everyone was panicking, all this, all the um, inte- intellects of the world were saying, turn off your, turn off your computers, yeah. just when the clock turns over, because something bad might happen. So we were outside, toasting the new year in, and Michelle, at the time, 
was working in the co-op. Oh, and they had a special offer on, special offer on these um, house inside um, fireworks. Oh. So she bought a few of them. Shit, hell. But we were in the front drive and we set them off. And it was all like, light it. And like, right, stand back, stand back, stand back. And it went. <gasps> yeah, indoor fireworks are shit. It was basically just spat a bit of confetti in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Millennium. So our 99 stroke 2000 crossover was a massive letdown. Did you have a mobile phone to text everyone? Oh, did I? Yeah, must have, because... We only had we one Kerry's phone in 98. Yeah. I think Philip's Savvy. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. But I don't even know if text messages existed. Because on Kerry's phone in 98, he couldn't text, because there was no such thing as texting. That is mm, weird. By, 19, by 2000, there must have been. Because my old man's a jock, but he was a jock. Um, New Year, the phone would go and then it'd be passed around speaking to all the Scottish family. Oh. And it'd go, Where's your nan? And she'd speak to me mum, she'd speak to me dad, then she'd speak to me brother, and then she'd speak to me sister, then it'd be passed to me. And then, Here's your granddad? Then I'd speak to my granddad, then he'd get passed to Wendy, he'd get passed <laughs> to my brother, he'd get passed to my mum, and then, Here's Auntie Val, um, Auntie Nancy, we get passed to, and I'd, like an hour just talking. And in the end, you're going, I don't want to talk, no. Just say I've gone, just say I've gone. That's one of my dreams, that's to have um, New Year in Scotland. Yeah. I think they do New Year better than anybody on the planet. And the Irish. Yeah. Probably the Irish as well, Scottish and Irish. They're all Celts, aren't they, and all that palaver. Hogmanay. Hogmanay and all that. Hogmanay in Scotland, yeah. I was, um, I was in work three o'clock in the morning for a, a bounty I got a bounty off, um, mis- yeah, off Misery Rail, a cash incentive. So I, I went into work three o'clock millennium morning to um, get all the trains ready for service. Yeah, that's right. They were, everyone was getting like double pay, triple pay, waiting to come in and work a new year. Hi, Shelly Belly. Yeah, I think I got, I think it was 500 quid or a thousand pounds. It was one of the two. And yeah. our, our boss, who will be remaining nameless, was uh, waiting in the booking on point with the TCS to uh, wish me a happy new year. Nice. Cheeky boy. <laughs> yeah. So if I had my time again, would I do that? No, I wouldn't. Some things can't be bought. And millenniums can't be bought. Um, well... In hindsight, if I was given the option to work rather than see Michelle's co-op indoor fireworks splutter, <laughs> I'd I would have worked. It was, wasn't it? It was like a fart, wasn't it? Yeah. Stop back! Stop back! Stop back! It's going to go! <laughs> like a fanny fart on a wet Wednesday night. <laughs> so, come on. Let's crack on to 99.00. Oh, hello, Steeper Cell, by the way. Right, okay, I was going to ask if you want to talk about this financial fairness thing that's going on at the moment. Oh, yeah, go ahead, then. Have you heard about it? It's been overturned, hasn't it? Man City. Yeah, so Man City. So, basically, um, 
my understanding is through listening to about four podcasts of um, the the Guardian, the Football Weekly, and blah 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 blah, uh, the Total Football Show, um, that basically it's been overturned. They were basically guilty of everything that they've been accused of. But there's like a statute of limitations on it of something like five years in the football world. And because of that five-year rule, um, it all had to be thrown out. And so, go on. Klopp and Marino have come out today giving um, statements basically saying how have they got away with it. Because of the Marino's, Marino's, Marino's turned around and said, uh, he's not saying Man City are guilty, but if they've been fined, how can you say they're not guilty? Mm, how can yeah. you say they're innocent and then fine them? They, and they're if, they're, guilty. If, they're, if they're guilty enough to be fined, they should be guilty enough to get banned from Europe. The problem with it is City had an army, four law firms, I think, were representing them, an army of lawyers compared to UEFA's, which was probably some fat owl fella with a wig and a carrier bag full of brown ale. Um, UEFA just haven't got the money to fight against these super rich clubs. So they were pinning all the hopes no. on, on both of them were, on the, the day of the results were both confident in getting the verdict. And UEFA technically did get the verdict. Man City have been proven to be guilty of what they've alleged to have done. But the five-year rule has, has cleared, not cleared them. You've got off on a technicality. Well, Pep's come out and he's he's all guns blazing, and he apparently had a, a meeting today with all the press on Zoom, saying he wants an apology of everybody. No. I've been proved we're guilty, proved we've done nothing wrong. No, Man City deserve an apology. No, no, they don't. They've got away with it. That's all. They've got away yeah, with it. They've got away. This would have been. If this two-year ban had gone ahead, City would have been finished. City None aren't of the big players club. would have signed new contracts. No. So I missed that bit. No, City aren't a big club. No. Um, the likes of um, Aguero, De Bruyne, all of them, they would have stayed there for no European football. They'd have been the first to go. Pep would have gone. When um, the money start, when the Games started dwindling, they stopped winning things. Owners would have fucking bailed, owners would have sold up. City would have been finished. City um, are now, um, have got a, a blank canvas to do whatever they want because financial fair play has been suspended. I don't know why, because of coronavirus. For me, football should be protecting itself now and saying, there's a transfer embargo and nobody is allowed to sign until we're all at 100% capacity in all our stadiums. However, what they've done is said, there's a, no, um, it's all clear, you can go and do whatever you want. Financial fair play is temporarily suspended. And within minutes of that verdict coming out, um, Man City are about to splash out a reported 150 million on five players. So, they, they, as a football club, they couldn't possibly have generated that sort of revenue in the last no. four months because stadium's being shut and they don't sell it out anyway. So, yeah. I mean, the main thing I heard 
the um, big con was um, they sell the stadium name to Etihad, and that's yeah. their that's their own company in it. So they yeah. sold they sold one branch of the business to another branch. So basically, paying themselves. That's, that's how they're cooking the books, weren't they? That's what Wigan's just done. Wigan um, bought got bought out by whoever it is, some fucking knob end for, and I can't remember the figures, but there's a boss football podcast that I listen to, football money podcast. Um, and basically, I can't, again, I can't remember the figures, but he bought Wigan for five million, say. And then in the height of the coronavirus, the, the chairman, the owner, has sold the club to himself for 41 million. Mm. What? How'd you do that? Yeah. See, so on the books, it's shown that they've had revenue. So Man City, they must have had their revenue for like 200 million or whatever. They've bought, Etihad, Etihad have paid, say, 200 million. So their books are showing they've had revenue of 200 million. So that's how they can say they can afford to go out and buy all these players because they've got the revenue. Also, it's widespread throughout the championship because the championship is punching above its weight. It can't sustain itself. It's collapsing in on itself. So all the owners of the championship clubs are selling the stadiums to themselves. Yeah. So the, the stadium is then not owned by the club. It's owned by the owner. But the owner will give the, the club, say Derby County, for example, I know they've done it, and again, I don't know what the figures were, but say 30 million. It's 30 million. But that is within the rules of financial fair play. Yeah. So, so everyone does it. Back in the day, Everton and Leeds mortgaged, I think it was 10 years of um, gate receipts for a great big lump sum. So they say, for example, they got 10 million up front of the bank. And then yeah. they basically mortgaged their bank, they gate receipts for the next 10 years that them that money was going directly to the bank so the gate receipts Use, were irrelevant using the gate receipts as collateral yeah so the whole of football's corrupt it all oh, it yeah. is it's a case of my lawyers are bigger than your lawyers that's why yeah. city have got away with it well Klopp's turned around and said oh it's what did he his quote was something like this is a very bad day for football oh it is this is gonna. This is just gonna. This this is just gonna cause a super league of ten teams, yeah. ten of the biggest teams in the world, in Europe, in the world. They're just gonna buy up everything. There's no, there's no limit now. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, but that's so what... these, these multi-million pound, multi-billionaire owners are just saying, I want Neymar, I want so and so, I want him. Just give them whatever he wants. We'll make half of the. We'll make half of the transfer back on shirt sales. Look what Liverpool have just done. We've just been banging on about that fella who's going to Chelsea. What was his Where? name? Yeah. Right. All season, we've been signing him. He wants to come to Liverpool. He's desperate to come to Liverpool. And Liverpool have said, hold on a minute. We've got, we've, we've got this front three. He's not guaranteed first-team football. He's going to be in the rotation with the rest of them. Does he fit our style of play? And why are we going to be paying him, I don't know what the figure was, 200, 300,000 a week or whatever, when we're in the middle of this fucking pandemic thing? Yeah. And, and Chelsea have gone and got him instead. So he didn't really want to come to Liverpool, did he? 
Um, yeah, he did. He was quite vocal. He wanted to come. He was basically saying, "Come and get me." But I think his buyout clause, his release clause, was like fifty-five million, something like that. And Klopp wouldn't pay that. I think if the if the club had said, I don't know, give us forty-five million, Klopp maybe would have bought him. But he wasn't willing to go that high because he doesn't rate him that highly. So all these Chelsea fans saying how we, we beat the fucking scousers, we've got him. Liverpool never officially put a bid in for him. And he is prolific. He's a good goal scorer. I've watched, I mean, since we were linked to him, I started watching a lot of it. And yeah, he's a great he's a great player. And it does look like he'll fit in perfectly into the Premiership. Hoping proven wrong, but he's definitely going to score goals next season. But for whatever reason, Liverpool didn't put the bid in. And who was that? Who was that one we were going to going to get a couple of years ago? And he had a knee injury, and he ended up Fakir. Oh. Yeah, Fakir. Yeah. And we've basically yeah. been proven he was, right. He was photographed in the Liverpool top and everything, wasn't he? Yeah. They brought some intake fo- press photos of him. We've basically been because he's done nothing since he went to wherever he went to. No, and I'm shit on a football podcast. When I was on um, half and half scarves the other week, they were all like that. And this uh, fella Joe Bloggs from um, Inchelfeston Klein in um, the Bundesliga Seven uh, has got a good. Uh, and I was like, as he really? John Barnes yeah. was all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. He's made a twat of himself, John Barnes, lately. I've seen him on Twitter. Moaning. <laughs> he was moaning that he gave... He went through the Liverpool tunnel. And it's £1.80 to go through. And he only had this £2 coin. So he gave the £2 coin to the attendants. And the attendant goes, eh, can't give you any change, mate. And he's like, what do you mean? Can't give me any change. I've just given you £2. It's only £1.80. He said, I'm not allowed to give you any change. So he drove off, steaming. And he fucking hit the Twitter. How can he take me money, but he can't give me my 20p change? Oh, John. Look a lot of stick. This 20p, John. 20p. I, I, I haven't, I mean, again, we're going off on here all over the other. So two Sundays ago when we played Aston Villa, we were riding our bikes down the dock road. And Carla... My sister-in-law goes, there's like six fellas jogging. And they're all spaced, they're all running alongside each other. And they're all spaced out. And they all had the same tracksuits on. And it was the Aston Villa colours. And it, was, it wasn't me, it was Carlo. And that's the Aston Villa team. And I was like, that, shut up. Fucking coronavirus and all that. They'd just be driving up on the day. Well, lo and behold, it was the Aston Villa team. So when I rode ahead and got level with this three running, and in the middle of the three of them was John Terry. Yeah. And and I slowed down and I went, all right, lads, <laughs> are you Aston Villa? <laughs> like that. And yeah. One of the young players went, uh, yeah. Like that. And John Terry took his AirPod out as if he was going at um, fucking knock yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, I went, oh, all right, John. How are you, mate? And he went to him. I'm all right. And I went, hey, good luck today, mate. Good luck. Hope you stay up. Good luck. And I just pedalled off and he just thanked me. And then 100 feet down the road, um, we, me and Kerry had got on the bike path and Carla was still on the road. And a car went past and beeped the owner, Carla, because she was on the road. 
And uh, so this is like the, the Aston Villa teams behind us. So Carly give him the finger and I give him the finger because it's a road. You're allowed on a road on a bike. So he slammed on, didn't he, and got out the car. <laughs> <laughs> and John Teddy came to your rescue. So oh. we were going. Oh, I wish he did. What a boss ending that would have been. No, he'd have been running with his Aston Villa players going, look at these fucking <laughs> scousers all kicking off. Because it was literally like, calm down. Hey, are you stand? Stop stand. He basically shit was screaming abuse saying, there's a bike path there, fucking use it. And I was like, "That we, we can ride whatever we want, dickhead. Fuck off. And then Carla called, he called Carla something. So she called him something. Then he got in his car and wheel span away. <laughs> Boss, but then oh, should that would have been a much better story if you said so. You got into a bit of a scrap, and then John Terry and the boys came running over. Leave my loadies, or Swift does good luck. <laughs> yeah, but imagine that then, right? It comes out on Sky News that the Aston Villa team got into a fight with an Al Scouser <laughs> and it could have got the coronavirus. And then, um, this Sunday we're running, we were pedaling down the front, Otter's Pool, it was, and I swear to God, right. It was Gordon Strachan running. Right. And I went, all right, mate, morning. Like that. And he went, morning, son. Like that. So I've but been... Bill Shankly again. Yeah. Bill Shankly keeps coming. Uh, I've been scratching my head as to why Gordon Strachan would be in Liverpool in July. He's working for Dundee. At the moment, or Dundee, he's one of the Dundees. I always get confused with Dundee and Dundee United. Um, supposed to be working up there for them, what? and I, I don't think he's on the telly doing commentary. But uh, when was this? Sunday morning. I didn't think he was. I thought he might have worked for Burnley, but it doesn't look like he is. Weird, isn't it? Right, should we talk about our 99-2000 Liverpool season? Fucking right, lad. podcast is all about. Yeah! Yeah, my Right, another shit year for us. Uh, Man United win the title. It's their 13th league title. Um, this is when they've got Andy Cole, Dwight York and Solskjaer. Uh, Andy Cole scored 19, Dwight York scored 20 and Solskjaer scored 12 this season. So prolific. They've scored 97 goals this season. They were amazing, this Man United team. They've got a plus 52 goal difference compared to Liverpool's plus 21. Um, Arsenal finished second, Leeds third, Liverpool fourth, Everton back in 13th. Man United finished on 91 points, Liverpool on 67, Everton on 50. Um, promoted this season from last season was Sunderland came straight up Peter Reed Sunderland they only lost three games all season 105 points they came up with wow this was um, oh, what's his first name Phillips Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn uh, Kevin Phillips scored 25 goals that season Brentford also came up. Uh, sorry, Bradford also came up. And a Watford. Watford. And at the end of the season, Watford went straight back down, along with Sheffield Wednesday and Wimbledon. Kevin Phillips was the top scorer this season, 30 goals. 
So they came up and they finished in a respectable seventh position. Mm. They had a good season. Uh, we're starting to see that Houllier doesn't really like Fowler, doesn't really want him in his squad. Mm. Fowler's hardly getting any starts this season. Uh, we've got our, our strikers are Heskey, Fowler, Owen, Eric Meyer, and TT Camera. Um, Emil Heskey gets 12 starts, Owen, 22 starts, TT Camera, 22 starts, Eric Meyer gets seven starts, and Robbie Fowler gets eight. Wow. I do, I, so considering I, a lot of pundits say like, he's the most prolific, most natural goal scorer they've seen. He's been left on the bench for most of the season. He was injured as well for a summer this season because he's, he's come, he, I think he come off the bench in the second game because of injuries. Yeah, because Heskey got injured. Heskey is his back, didn't he? Um, but also, I think this is the season where I've seen TT Kamara score against West Ham, I think, uh, on the day his dad had died. At the Annie Road end, he scored. I don't know if it was his first goal for Liverpool or whether it was just a goal for Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? But I, th- I took Kerry to that match. So. Local Festa. Yeah. He, um, this is the season as well. Carragher scored the two own goals at Anfield against Man United. <sighs> Andy Cole was fucking phenomenal, wasn't he? He was a fucking was. monster. Yeah. Um, he got the hat against Grobler, didn't he? This the game that he was accused of bribe being bribery. Grobler, did he? He was a scorer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, transfers this season, we Hule brought in some uh, he's done some good signings here. Sammy, if yeah, TC Camera, yeah, all right. Henshaw, Stefan Henshaw, like them, yeah, San, Sander Westerveld, Vladimir yeah. Smeitzer. Oh, Smitey, yeah. Eric Meyer, Deep Mahaman. Oh, mate. And Emil Heskey. This, I remember, because Julia used to do this thing where he sat them all in the cop, didn't he? There's new signings, yeah. he used to stand at the yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, and he sold on uh, David James, uh, Sean Dundee, Paul Ince, Leonardson, Torquavame. Carl Andreidler, Robbie Jones, and of course McManaman fucked off on his free transfer. Oh, well, he's definitely improved there, didn't he? Definitely. Oh god, yeah. He's definitely bought some. Previous seasons, our buys haven't been that great, have they? No. No. Uh, Everton brought in Kevin Campbell, uh, Mark Pembridge, Abel Xavier, and Mark Hughes. Abel Xavier. Fucking hell. He plays a part. Yeah. Because he comes to us, doesn't he? Yeah. Mark Hughes inspired signing because he was a fucking... He was just another monster. He just used to stick his ass into people and fucking turn them, didn't he? And then Kevin Campbell as well. He was a fucking monster. He was happy at Southampton, Mark Hughes, but what's-his-face came in? Thingy, my Bob. The old England manager. Hoddle. Hoddle came in and said, don't need you. 
Find another club. Do one. And Everton sold Bakayoko, Oliver Decor, Matavazzi, Craig Short, John Oster. And in the Christmas window, there was a, they had a mass clearhouse, about eight left, including Tony Grant, Michael Branch, Terry Phelan, and Slavin Bilic. Slabbing down me knob, you bitch. So they had a massive clearhouse. For the first game, the first derby of the season, 27th of September, 99. It's a Monday night. Yeah, Monday night football. I have got the team up. So, um, Mike Riley was the ref. Obviously, it's at Anfield. 44,802. the Liverpool team, Sander Westerveld, Vigard Hegem, Steve Staunton, um, Sammy Ipper, Jamie Carragher, Skinhead, uh, Patrick Berger, Haman, Redknapp, Smeetje, Fowler and Owen. Uh, Gerard is on the bench, Eric Meyer and Titi Kamara. And then the Everton team is Gerard, Weir, Dunn, Goff, Ball, Xavier, Collins, Don Hutchinson, uh, Nicky Bambi, Kevin Campbell, um, and Francis Jeffers. No substitutes listed here for Everton. Um, now, is this the last time Everton won at Anfield? Oh, don't know. I think it is. I actually think it is. So Everton, Kevin Campbell scores a pretty decent goal four minutes in yeah. uh, at the cop end and it's all hell breaking loose, all fucking um, and then this game just... Dirty game, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah. It was a dirty game. I know there was a lot of, uh, lot of studs showing, a lot of late challenges, a lot of uh, making sure you get the man when you get the ball. It was yeah. a proper dirty game, this one. So there's five yellow cards, Staunton, Owen and Redknapp for Liverpool, Goff and Ball for Everton. And then in the 74th minute, um, I think it's Jeffers goes in on Sander Westerveld in a challenge for the ball. And they have a little... <laughs> and then next thing, Jeffers takes a swing at him. And Westerveld retaliates. But Westerveld didn't look like it hard. Jeffers looked hard, do you know what I mean? Uh, And the rest of Elders like going, giving it all that. Ed Ed Wobbles and that. Um, And then Staunton runs in and pulls him away. And like, rest of Elders like, yeah, and and your mother too. Shelby pulled you off, I was about to kill you. Yeah. Um, And they both get sent off instantly. And then, um, strange one. Why didn't we have a, a, a goalie on the bench? We didn't oh, have no. a goalie on the bench because hold of on, the... Hold um, on. Also, we'd used all our subs. All three subs yeah. had been used. Yeah. So, Staunton had to go in goal because um, our normal goalkeeper, it was the, the rule where you could only have um, so many foreigners, wasn't it? Or was it... Uh, what was it? There's a law that reason why we couldn't put the goalie on the bench. So that Nielsen, 
Nielsen on the bench was our sort of like third choice keeper. Yeah. Uh, but he obviously couldn't come on because we'd used all our subs. Oh, so nice. Storm had to go into goal. Well, we did. There was definitely some rule why they couldn't put our secondary keeper in. I don't know. Um, I have to look into it. I can remember, obviously, we had the the foreign rule in early 90s, but I think that had gone by this point. Yeah, it was another one. I can't think what it was called. The knobhead rule. Um, And then in the 90th minute, Gerard flies in um, on Campbell and fucking skies him. And Campbell goes down like a sack of shit. Uh, he studs him, top of his thigh, doesn't he? Fucking cracking. And he jumps yeah. up, Gerard, and in one move just gets sent off. <laughs> yeah. Before <laughs> he then. goes in with a challenge, does a triple salco somersault. As he's still up in the air, he gets flashed a red card and he lands on his feet as he's walking off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, and the referee basically guides him off the pitch. Gerard knows he's going, so doesn't even oh, yeah. argue. And the yeah. referee just walks him off the pitch so he doesn't get into another fight. Because it was just, this was a boss derby, this for bubbling and boiling and, like you say, studs. But Everton were victorious. I want to say it's the last time. But we need, I mean, we need to clarify that. Yeah, you could be right. I'm going to go back because I want to see what that, there's definitely a rule that's doing me. I don't think what it was. But we couldn't put our second choice keeper on the bench. <laughs> well, obviously, no, it's not the time to do it halfway through a podcast. Maybe, maybe it was something to do with like we'd only just signed them or something. I don't know. No, I think it was a. a... So, um, have you got your music? What was num- what was number one while this game was being played, lad? I think we might from the next episode because we're doing our Christmas podcast now called It's Christmas. Um, mm. I think we might introduce the album that was number one as well and just okay. brief, briefly touch on it. And we might phase out the, the births and deaths maybe and talk a little bit more about the music. Yeah, because I'm struggling to find anybody of note who was born in the year 99 or 2000 because they're all millennium knobheads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who they are. They're fame. I put in... <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who was famous, born in 99? And it's all these people I've never heard of. Probably mm. if you ask a teenager, they'd know all of them, obviously. But me, a 48-year-old knobhead, doesn't know who they are. Um, Dawn Vagina off um, Celebrity Island, um, colon cleanse. They're all vloggers. They're all vloggers or bloody... them sorts of celebrity... Yeah, fuck it. So, the song, so from next episode, we're going to introduce the albums. They won't be in any playlists or nothing. We'll just reference them. And, well, I, oh, go on. well, I have actually wrote down the albums. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we'll do it from now then. You're a fucking monster. You're <laughs> on, uh, we could, I mean, I did it last week. Oh, did you? Well, do you know what <laughs> Kerry's got me? Kerry's got me a book to write into. Um, so, the single that was number one. Uh, this the Greaves pub singer. Where did you buy it? No, I bought it. No, not my cup of tea. That one, the Italian auntie. 
I think cool. they're Italian. Don't know. They might be French. I will believe whatever you tell me. Oh, the Martians. Remember the video was shit. It was like a blue computer graphic. Well, alien. Blue men playing drums, weren't he? Weird. So, yeah, that was the number one. So, go ahead. What was yeah, the album? That was number one for three weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the album was Come On Over, Shania Twain. Hmm. Let's go, girl. Ding, 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 ding. That was number one for three weeks as well. Um, I'm, and I, I did buy, I did buy that album. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Dirty Not for me, for my for my little girl. Not my little girl. Let me go, Mrs. I don't know. I'm not going to try and listen to these albums. I might if they jump out at me. I've I've promised I'm going to listen to every album in the Christmas podcast. It's Christmas. Um, but I'm not going to do it for this one. So that was that one. So well, it's practice. just it's Christmas. Obviously, it's basically just it's Christmas podcast. It's basically just this podcast without football in it. Yeah, and just Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> and it's just Christmas Day from yeah. every year. So there hey. you go. The second derby was on the 21st of April 2000. Yes, and me and V attended this game. So the story behind this is. That year, we'd, or 99, sorry, we'd had an extension built from a Mr. Edward Carter, who's famous in the Liverpool area, a massive Evertonian, home and away. Eddie goes, Carter. Eddie Carter, goes everywhere, builder. He'd done our extension for us. And I rang him, short notice, any chance you can get us some tickets for this game, Eddie? Yeah, I can get you two tickets, lad. So, we... Probably met up and probably had a couple of pints in the Crown or whatever in Liverpool. Yeah. I can remember getting off the train at Kirkdale and walking the match. Um, and then there we are, two Liverpool fans sitting smack bang in the middle of the Gladys Street. And I have never known so much hatred. Oh. And anti-Liverpool singing and fucking bile and and we were sitting there we we had Liverpool in the Gladys Street in the Gladys Street weren't we and as you're walking up to go to our seats just walking through these masses and masses of Everton fans singing proper vile disgusting hatred and vitriol towards Liverpool Liverpool players Liverpool um, fans and what they weren't going to do to them if they ever saw them. And they were going to rip the heads off and this, that and the other. Shit and we in just, the necks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then we got out and you could see little pockets of Liverpool fans in the Gladys Street. And if any of them shouted, you'd see fucking cups of piss coming down or coins would come off the top onto them. <laughs> yeah. And then in the second half... There was a fella in front of us who was the size of a fucking house, and he was a Liverpool we'd like, fan. We'd been like quiet little mouse up until then, where we yeah. didn't open our mouths. And he he started shouting. And when you consider the pair of us, yeah, there was a six foot five each. Yeah, two big bastards, <laughs> shit scared, and um, he started shouting. So we started to get a bit brave at that point, and we we never seen any trouble. You know, it was all hot air, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. I can't remember 
anything about this game. This was dull as fuck, this game. I just remember it, there's a couple of chances, there's a couple of shots, but nothing to write home about. And then, deep into injury time, Xander Vesterveld, we're, we're literally watching this happen and right in front of us, goes to kick the ball long. This, this is possibly... No, no, well, he kicks the ball, he webs it, proper webs it. Don Hutchinson is not trying to close him down, is not trying to do anything, he's just walking away from him. Yeah, I've watched the footage. Yeah, he is. Do you think? We've read, we, well, we read this situation difference. He's walking away, and he looks over his shoulder as Westerveld's about to run up and take the kick, and he does take a diagonal walk in front of the ball. Oh, does he? Okay, I need to watch it again then. So, it bounces off Don Hutchinson, off his back, yeah. over Sander Westerveld, and everybody freezes, apart from the referee, who allegedly, before the ball, at some point during that manoeuvre, had blown the, refer- the whistle for full time. And he disallowed the goal. It bounced- well, I can say, Westerveld blasts the ball at the back of Hutchinson's back as he walks in front of him. The ball ricochets backwards and in slow motion, bouncing towards the goal, towards the goal, towards the goal. And everyone's celebrating. All the Everton fans are celebrating. And the referee... Now, was it Graham Paul or Keith Hackett or something like that? Let's have a gunch. Um, Graham Paul. Fucking Graham hell. Paul. So, man. so he's going, no, that's it. And apparently he came out afterwards and said he'd already decided that he was going to blow his whistle as soon as the, the, uh, the free kick was taken. That's what, he's, that's what he said in his press conference. I'd already decided as soon as Westville kicked the ball, he was going to blow for full time. So did he blow for full time then? You don't actually see it on the highlights. So, right, so the two teams, uh, 40,052, uh, Gerard Unsworth, Weir, Dunn, um, Abel Xavier, Collins, Hughes, Hutchinson, Pembridge, Barnby and Mark Hughes. Um, the other one was Stephen Hughes, Sander Vesterveld, Henshaw, Hippie, Carragher, Matteo, Berger, Gerard, Haman, David Thompson, little name from the past, uh, Emil mm. Heskey, Michael Owen. Fowler comes on for Heskey at the start of the second half because he goes uh, in for the challenge and goes up in the air and basically lands on his head and yeah. damages his back. Um, and then Hagen come on for Thompson. Um, Jeffers, Ball and Ward come on for Hughes, Pembridge and Barnby. Nil-nil. An absolutely shit game. Um, shit. One that we were but, to get out of. But possibly the most controversial instance of any derby in history. It'd be interesting to see it through the eyes. You know, a deep dive like they do. Um Carragher and that, and go back over there and, and try and study the yeah. footage. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does actually, because he says he blew the whistle as soon as um, you know the ball was in the air, heading back towards the goal. It'd be interesting to see whether that actually did happen. Mm. have to try and get it up on YouTube and have a proper look. Exactly. So... What was the uh, what was the song? What was it number one while this game was being played? Um, 
have a gonch. Filled me in by Craig David. And I loved a bit of Craig David, I'll be honest with you. Craig David. <laughs> that that impression basically destroyed Craig David's career, I think, at the time. Well, he destroyed himself. He used to say it on every on all of his first singles, didn't he? Craig David. Craig and then David. both selector ruined him as well. Yeah. Um, he's a cracking fella. I've, you know, when you see him on the telly now, he's like a DJ in that, isn't he, a bit? He do, I think he does all the DJs. Yeah, he's reinvented himself, and he's, uh, he's, he's a fucking big, big he's probably bigger now than he was back in the day. Have you seen him? He's like a fucking tree. Big muscle, man, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's possibly bigger now than he ever was. This was one of the first pirate cds i ever bought okay that album whatever i don't know what that album was called i can't remember craig david's no. debut album i think it was probably self-titled probably just craig david who's who's done the white ladder album david somebody david gray david gray i had that as well because the lads who i bought them off used to sell them five for 20. five black cds for 20 quid <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> just buying any CD just to make up the five. Yeah. But I remember having them two albums, definitely. Yeah, so go the ahead. Album, the album was Moby's Play. I think that might be one of the Into albums. Moby. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Chemical Brothers seems to remember, jumps out at me as well. That would have been one of the five, maybe. Chemical Brothers at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Moby was like um, electric pop, wasn't he? Mm, Eminem rips the piss out Electro of it. I think Martha Marshall Mathers' album might have been one as well. I don't know. I don't fucking know, lad. Oh. Um, so you've got no kids at this point, have you, either? In 2000, no. Beck was born in 2001. Yeah, so this, we would have went on holiday then this summer. To Mallorca, was it? When Concord blew was up? Weird, yeah. Yeah. Was this where, was it Malaga? Malaga, I can't remember. But we were sitting by the pool, I remember reading the, the articles that the Concord had blown up. And we were all, me and you thought we were like fucking dead hard because we were listening to Eminem album on repeat. Eminem. Ah, oh, you bitch. I'm going to put you in a trunk and stab you a bit and then drag your corpse down to the river and that, and then I'm going to kill myself <laughs> and murder your mum and your nan. Well, on the topic of music, go ahead. The, the Brits this year was hosted by Davina McCall. Oh, I love Davina McCall. Love I, I seen her. Yeah, oh, she does, mate. She's beautiful. Um, I seen her at the top of Tottenham Court Road, right by that um, theatre in Wake. About it was before COVID, like, and she was she was doing one of them walks that said, "I'm famous. I'm having a pretend business meeting on my phone. Don't approach me." Type of thing. Don't make eye yeah. contact with anyone. Still gorgeous, like. 
<laughs> she's a nice looking woman. Ooh, you're she's a nice... acceptable in my eyes. You're a nice looking woman, you. <laughs> uh, the album of the year was Travis, the man who. Oh, do you remember Did Travis? You no, I hated Travis. Driftwood. Driftwood, turn. Why does it always rain on me? Mm. They were the three hits from it. Single of the year. I think we were talking about this last episode. She's the one, Robbie Williams. Yeah, the ice skating one, yeah. Cracking song, that, mate. Good album, that. Good album. Also won video of the year. Yeah. So we got single of the year, video of the year. Uh, Male artist. Weird one, this. Tom Jones. What? Pop charts. Because he had a number one album, didn't he? He didn't he do a compilation album. Yeah, and um, oh, Gwen Stefani, like Keris Matthews. Oh, Keris Matthews, yeah, Gwen Stefani. I always get them two mixed up. Didn't he do Kylie Minogue at one point? Um, Keris Matthews was baby, baby's cold outside, wasn't it? Yeah. Kylie Minogue? No, no. Robbie just... did Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, female artist was Beth Orton I've heard of her I haven't got a clue what she sings and the breakthrough act of the year was Coldplay. S Club 7 oh fuck off Simon Fuller's of the Spice Girls fame was one of his groups they were shit um, and the outstanding outstanding contribution to music Ooh. the Spice Girls what yeah. Fuck off. Um, every Brit Awards has, an, has a moment, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Whether it's staged or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Trumba Wumba throwing ice over. Pulp. Well, this was... Michael Jackson and his Robbie nonsense. Williams. Yeah. Well, Robbie Williams went up to accept one of his awards. Got his nod awards. Did a Donald Trump. <laughs> it's well documented that him and Liam Gallagher... Didn't really like each other, did he? Oh, he kept calling him the fat singer, uh, the fat, the fat dancer from Take That. <laughs> um, so Williams went up, accepted his award, and then he challenged Gallagher on live TV to a fight. Oh, dear. He said, he said to the crowd, "So would anyone here like to see me and Liam have a fight?" And obviously the fucking roar. And he go, then he looked down the camera and says, "Liam, a hundred grand of your money and a hundred grand of my money." And let's get it televised so all these can watch it. <laughs> what happened to it? Well, it never happened, did it? Because it's all staged. Uh... Sports personality of the year. Do you ever watch these? Yeah, when they were relevant. They're not relevant anymore. Yeah. It's all bullshit now. Well, a big hint for you, if you're going to guess, is obviously we had the Olympics this year, didn't we? Did we? 2000, yeah. Where was he? Yeah, uh, Sydney. Mm. Sydney Olympics. Okay, it was the rower. It was the rower. The old rower. Steve Redgrave. Yeah. See, Sir Steve, yeah. What was he? Sir Steve Redgrave won the... Uh, he's won five times, hasn't he? Because he, he was five like... Goals. 124 when he won his last gold medal, won he? <laughs> he's been going the Olympics. Yeah, he's been going the Olympics since he was three. 
team of the year that me I fed was um, the Olympic and uh. the Paralympic G- Team GB. Fuck off. Um, it was in Sydney. Team GB were very successful this year, winning a total of 28 medals, 11 golds, 10 silvers, and 7 bronze. I won more than that uh, last week. That was a massive improvement on the last Olympics at Atlanta when they won 15 medals with only one gold. Which was, say, Steve. Steve O. And Team GB Paralympics team uh, won 131 medals, 41 gold, 43 silver, 47 bronze, which in the table they finished second. They were a massive successful season. Um, 40 Euro 2000 was on as well. Don't remember it. Oh, I do. Belgium, Belgium and Netherlands. Who was in the final? Italy, France. Yeah. Yeah. It's Keegan's England, wasn't he? Uh, we were in Group A with the hosts Portugal, Romania and Germany. England and Germany were both knocked out. England wow. a little bit unlucky. They're in the game that they just had to draw. Um, they played Romania and they got a penalty. It was two all, and they got a penalty in the 89th minute. So Romania went through with the win, and England were knocked out. France, Italy final. Italy were winning one nil. Yeah. 93rd minute, Will Todd from Arsenal scored, didn't he? Was he at Arsenal then? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was at Arsenal. Um, to take it to the draw, to take it to extra time, and then Trezeguet scored the golden goal in 103rd minutes. So, this was one of the few times I got involved with, do you want to buy an envelope? Oh, yeah. At Kirkdale Depot, and I had Italy. Oof. And I went to the other fella, like you do. Do you want to go halves on the final? And he went, no. And I was like, fucking no. So I screamed the house down when that happened. And the the, the old girl next door, the next day, seeing me, and, and he, she said, were, were you okay last night? Oh, um, were you okay last night? And I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, because it sounded like you and your wife were having an argument. And it was me. <laughs> fucking shit, mate. <laughs> Closest I've ever come to winning. Well, after this tournament, Keegan resigns. Well, it's not straight after. I think um, Jordan uh, qualifies for the next tournament. He has a bad, bad few um, results. So when he resigns, um, Sven Gordon Eriksson from Lazio becomes England manager. Sven, Sven, Sven Gordon Eriksson. Didn't he, Keegan, resign? Um, didn't Germany beat us at the last ever Wembley game? 1 0. Yeah, Deep Mark Man scored. And Keegan quit. That was his last game, wasn't it? Yeah. That's when Sven came in. Stan Gordon Erickson. 
Um, movies we were going to this year at the cinema. Number five, Disney's Dinosaur. Oh, it's not bad. I don't think I've seen it. Can't remember. It's all right. Number four, What Women Want. Mel Gibson, Helen Hunt. He can hear. Something happens to him, I think he has a fall. Oh, he can hear hear women's thoughts. So whereas he was dead unsuccessful at getting women, um, he can read the the thoughts, so he becomes a bit of a gigolo. So he can hear them when he's That's Mel Gibson, Helen Hunt. You do a little giggle. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Castaway, Tom Hanks. Oh, what? Twenty years ago. Castaway. Um, Helen Hunt was in that one as well. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks was nominated for Best Actor for the in the Oscars, and the Basketball Wilson Best Supporting Actor. Is that true? <laughs> and number two, Gladiator. Oh, what a film. It's That film is so good, you can't watch it ever again. Well, I am the sort of person that don't doesn't really watch films. Once I've seen a film, I don't generally, as a rule, go back and watch it again. But um, there's a few films this was included in it. I went and bought the DVD of this, the likes of Saving Private Ryan, um, The Green Mile, them sorts of films. I went out and bought the DVDs of them. Oh, John Copper. Uh, and number one was Mission Impossible 2. Electric Boogaloo. He has sequel to... to the 1996 film Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. And they're still going now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're like nothing James Bond, innit? Just yeah. all action. But it's still it's still Tom Cruise, innit? Yeah. And I, I, I can't remember. I do, I remember the Chimera one. I don't know if that was number three or number two. And I I haven't seen any more. This one he was trying to find um a world-threatening biological weapon. You had to find it and disarm it. Um, okay, TV in 2000 was the dawn of the fly-on-wall fly on the wall TV. <laughs> the year started with Castaway 2000. Now, that a reality, was good. A reality experiment where 36 men, women and children from the British public were dropped on Taransay, a remote Scottish island, in the Outer Hebrides for one year. Exactly. It yeah. ended on New Year's Day, didn't it? Yeah, it was boss, mate. Ben Fogel. Yeah. They must build a, self, a self-sustainable community. Uh, 14th of July, the first episode of Big Brother. Wow. Social experiments, dropping a group of individuals into a house with no interaction with the outside world to see how they get on. First winner was Scouser Craig Phillips. Who was the baddie? Nasty Nick. Uh, Nasty Nick. Well, yeah, well, do you reckon that's how... um, What's his face? 
Craig. Craig Phillips won, didn't he? Because he had a conversation with him. Yeah. And he, he, by all accounts, he handled himself brilliantly. You know, he didn't go he didn't go waving. He just sat him down. They all sat down. And he had a nice little conversation. Is it true you're walking around giving people bits of paper with names on? Yeah. And it was all very nice. And he controlled his anger and everything. Yeah. Um, £70,000 and he gave it away, didn't he, to his little mate, the little Down syndrome girl who needed, I think she needs a heart transplant, was it? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he paid for that, didn't he? He gave it all. He gave it everything. He gave yeah. it the whole 70 grand, didn't he? But that was like the, that night. It was like, <laughs> Boss night, that. Remember it all be life. Um, 2000 was the first episode of The Weakest Link. It ran for 12 years. Wow. Until 2012, then had a break, and it's back on now. Started a couple of years ago. Um, you are The Weakest Link. What's her name? Ginger Woman. Ginger Minge. Ginger Laid Girl. Anne Robinson. Anne Robinson, the winker. And on the 20th of November, Judith... Keppel is the first one million pound winner on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And she's on Eggheads even now. She's the Eggheads. She's in the Eggheads now. Do you want to know? I've got that found out. The question she won the million pound on. Hmm. Come on, Ned. I was hoping it was going to be. I was hoping it was going to be a good question. It's a bit shit. Which king was married to Eleanor? Equitain was it A Henry the First, B Henry the Second, C Richard the First, or D Henry the Fifth? C Richard the First. Yeah. No Henry the Second. Bollocks! You've just lost a million pound. Didn't you drop right down to like thirty-two grand or something? Yeah. Ah! Everything after 32 grand, it was the big drop to 32, yeah. Um, ending on the telly this year was the 9 o'clock news. Ran what? from seven, 1970 to the year 2000. It was now the 10 o'clock news. No way. Inspector Morse started in 87, finished in 2000. One Foot in the Grave, 1990 to 2000. And The Gladiators, 1992 to 2000. Oh, John Faction. Arika Johnson. Have you seen Arika Johnson now? Um, yeah. She looks a bit weird, mate. She's a bit of a son. She seems a little bit, de little bit desperate, trying mm. to cling on to a bit of fame. She was fit, like. She looks she all was, uh, now. She starts as a weather girl, didn't she? Yeah. I think I seen Possibly. her on the Empire once. Didn't Collymore used to volley her around? Wasn't she with Collymore for a while? Yeah, he freaking knocked the shit out of her. Yeah. Not bad. Um, news this year Dr. Harold Shipman oh. sentenced to life after murdering 15 of his patients in Manchester between 1995 and 98. That's good going, that. I wonder what, what, I mean, I haven't read any books, but what was his thinking behind it? Why was he doing it? Was he getting their will money? Was he, what, what? Well, he'd also got, 
he got his life sentence and he got something else. I think it was like four years added on to it as well, which was for fraud, where he got one of his patients to... I don't know whether he got his patient to change the will or whether he changed it. No. Or it was, it was something to do with the will. He got, he got another four years on his sentence. Is he one of the ones who died in prison not long after getting sentenced? Or did he kill himself in prison? Or is he still knocking don't around? Know. I don't think he's still knocking around, but I don't know whether it was suicide or what. Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> don't know. Uh, the final... <laughs> The final Ford Escort rolls off the production line after 32 years in production. Oh, last Ford Escort, and it's taken, I think, the next model was, was it the Mondeo? The Mondeo replaced the Sierra. Oh, did it? The Escort was replaced by the Focus, I think. The Ford Focus. Was it, yeah? And the Fiestas are still going, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, September, UK... Oh, I remember this. Didn't realise this was back then. UK fuel protesters block entrances to oil refineries, sparking panic buying by motorists, causing 75 to 90% of all UK petrol stations to close due to low supplies. Go on, how much was petrol then? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I remember, I mean, I wasn't driving then, but I remember it. Yeah, I remember it because I had petrol in my car. Um, An attempted £350 million diamond heist from the Millennium Dome is foiled by police. Wow, I remember that. That was a cracking one, that. Uh, I don't know, but they were all out, fellas. So, in 2000... No, you're thinking of... Um, you're thinking of the um, the diamond heist in... Where they drilled through the walls. Yeah. This oh, was that... the Millennium Dole. Oh, these, they were all young fellas then. This was the Millennium Dole when they, um, there was a police chase on motorboats. Oh, on the Thames. So, we all went on strike and picketed and did all that because petrol prices in the year 2000 in 99 it was 61.9 per liter where now it's currently about one pound ten something like that and we all lost our heads because it went up to 76.9 per liter yeah quite rightly too yeah i wasn't driving then i've been driving i started driving when Becca was born, so I've been driving 19 years. 19 years. No, 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 19. Where are we now? Uh, 22nd of December, 42-year-old Madonna gets married to 32-year-old British film producer Guy Ritchie in the Scottish Highlands. I like Guy Ritchie and I like Madonna. I think she still lives over here, doesn't she? Mm, don't know. I don't I know. She was the most likable while she was with him. Yeah. Because it's like she, it's like she got with him to try and settle down, and they had a kid yeah. together, didn't they? Yeah. But then she sort of like realised this settled down life isn't for me. I need to go and be outrageous again. 
She's back with a model now, and she's like a French model or something. Um, and after its launch in June '98, sales of DVDs passed the one million mark. Mm-hmm. Although VHS format remains by far the most popular format of home video, even in so the even year 2000, 2000 okay. VHS is outselling DVDs. But this is the time where every comedy show had a Christmas special DVD, a CD, a, yeah. sorry, VHS video. Definitely. There was all the outtake videos, there was all football uh, mishaps. Yeah. Funny, funny uh, football's funniest moments, all this sort of stuff. You're right. And I think this and years past, maybe three or four years before as well, you'd always got some sort of Funny football's funniest moments as your Christmas presents. Yeah. Off your, your auntie. Or your mate. Yes, Jimmy, lad. Get that oh, down. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Did you, did you keep the receipt by any chance? And is just, the, it's just, just in case. Is the Big Brother 1 compilation VHS? <laughs> no, it's Big Brother 2. I had to get because Michelle missed it. <laughs> I remember. She was, giving, she was giving birth to Becca while Bubble was getting evicted. Fuck you, Bubble. And last bit of news for the year 2000. It is on record as officially UK's wettest year. Fucking hell, I bet you be... <laughs> I was going to say cue the music. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yes, so been... 2000 is officially UK's wettest year. Is it still the wettest year? Well, I'm assuming so. I only looked on the computer the other day. Wow. Because it always seems to be pissing down now. Funny. Well, 2000 was wet. Partic- particularly moist. It was, it was particularly wet. Like At this part, I normally, I normally tell you, um, who famous was born? Well, like I said, ain't got a clue of any of the names that came up, so I'm not going to even bother. Don't even me. I'd look at the Liverpool and Everton squad to see if anyone was born in 2000. There wasn't. Nobody was having sex. Oh. Are we bringing Silla back for one last last go, or uh, let's, let's talk and see if she comes back. I've got a couple of people who I know died in year 2000. A couple of big names, bigger. Go ahead, Dan. Let me see if I can... We've got a celebrity, Paulie Yates. Um, I'm here. Did she start on the tube? Oh, hello, Scylla. The connection's getting weak. It's like all my energy's being sucked right out of me minge. I can tell you were close because we're getting a lot of disturbance. Oh, that's me. That I like to. There's a lot come. of interference with the internet. I like to come amongst you. Uh, Paul, we're just saying. Uh, Paula Yates died oh, this year. God love her. Yeah, she's not here though. She's. Um, I think her career started on the tube, was it with Jules Holland? Yeah, I think so. Then she got into Bob. Then she went and did the big breakfast. Then she got done by. Um, Hutchinson and then she'd done herself in it was a very sad time for her it was a it's the 35 anniversary of 
Live Aid, isn't it? Did you watch it the other night? No, it was shit. Oh, Live Aid. Sorry, Silver. I was talking to Craig then. Oh, all right, mate. Uh, no, I didn't. I. Uh, it was not. Live Aid's the most overrated. You know, oh, it wasn't. What a great night it was. I remember watching it. I've got the DVD of it. Um, but watching it, um, particularly talking about Paul Yates, as you know, I'm a big NXS fan, Michael Hutchins, and seeing Bob, I forgot his name. Geldof. Boomtown Rap, Bob Geldof. Seeing the way he walked and his persona and the way he acted, it is the image of the way Michael, Hitch, Michael Hutchins was. Mm. So Paul Yates definitely had a type. You could put them two together. And the characteristics were near enough identical, I'd say. Mm. So she definitely went for a certain type. Did our Paula. A millionaire. And also, isn't she, um, isn't her dad Huey Green? Oh. That only oh. came out later on in life, didn't it? I think oh. she was... I think so, yeah. Huey Green, yeah. Stars in their eyes. So, yeah. Was it? Opportunity knocks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Paul Yates, also a big icon from UK cinema, Alec Guinness. Oh, God, that was a tour easy. I've got my hand on his lightsaber <laughs> as we speak. It keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> he Has he got it in his pants? No, he's got it in me. He died because Darth Vader just swung at him and he turned into a fucking like pair of curtains and just fell on the floor. Help me, everyone, Kenobi. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Fucking hell, I got all wet then, Stewie lad. I'm gushing. I became became a pile of rags on the floor. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking hell, Silla. Blow the whistle. Shitty.